Hey y'all, welcome back to She's My Person. Jenna and Ellen here. We are continuing our body image, body love, confidence series today. So this will actually be our closing chapter of this series. We shared an episode last week that's actually from Erin Ehrenberg, a mom, and just she really speaks to the transition that you go through um, when becoming a mother and speaks a lot to the parts that are hidden from the media. So it was a very powerful episode. And the week before that was my co-host, Ellen. Um, And her story was also very very incredible and came from a different viewpoint. So if you haven't listened to those two episodes, I would highly recommend. But yeah, today it's my turn. So (laughs) I don't think, I don't think Jenna knows this, but I, I purposely made sure that this was the last episode because I wanted to save the best for last. So you're welcome, Jenna. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. This is, this is going to be a really, really great episode. Jenna's been through hell and back. And, you know, I've, I've seen you grow a lot, Jenna, and I feel like I've grown because of you. So I'm, I'm really excited for you to share everything that you've been through and kind of your journey of getting through the body image stuff that you dealt with. Well, thanks. But the only reason I survived any of it was because of you. So we'll just be happy. We'll just be happy with each other for a minute before we go on this call. We're going to make it. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) But my journey, I feel like started when I was really young because I developed before all of my peers in every stage of my development. I started my cycle when I was nine years old. And then I was six foot one by the time I was in sixth grade. And I was wearing a bra in kindergarten, like all the development that I should have gone through three years later, I went through three years earlier. And so I was never, I was never confident in the space that I took up because I felt different. And, you know, we spoke a lot already on the podcast about the fact that the world likes to preach that different should not be accepted when in fact, like different is literally what makes us. But when you're young and you're experiencing changes in your body and not really fitting in and being too tall to dance with boys at middle school dances, it's hard to feel beautiful and confident in your own skin when a lot of it is so foreign to you. And so you know, when I was going through the thick of my eating disorder, I probably wouldn't have said that that was when my insecurity began. But as a reflection piece, I'm starting to notice that that's when it did. And then it transitioned throughout. I was always an athlete growing up. I played basketball and I rode horses. And my height was a great thing for basketball. But because I had been so tall since I was so young, my agility was a really big struggle. Like I was great, like you know, going forward and back, but not so much from side to side, which for basketball is like a needed skill. And it served me fine until high school because I honestly was like a foot taller than everybody until then. So I could just like shoot over top of everyone and like there was no agility needed. I was was just thinking, I was just thinking of the first time that I saw you because it was, I think it was at a basketball practice and we were all like, oh my gosh, she's so tall. Like everyone was so intimidated. So it's funny when you say like, it wasn't an issue then because we were all like, she's going to be so good. Well, and that, yeah. And like that right there, like that was an expectation. So many people had to like immediately seeing my height was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be an incredible athlete. And it makes actually a lot of tall girls uncomfortable. Like I can't tell you how many people I meet that are like, oh my gosh, did you play volleyball or basketball? Like that's the only two things you can do if you're tall. And so it was like, everybody had this expectation around how good I should be and what I should be able to do. And like that skill set was really immature at that stage because I never, I never really had the time to develop it. And also my coordination was so far behind my growth because I grew seven inches between 
fifth and sixth grade. So like my body didn't understand what was happening, like the development that was happening versus like the hand-eye mind-body coordination piece. There was a big disconnect there. So when I got into high school, my coach ran an offense that was basically centered around guards. And for those of you that aren't familiar with basketball, that basically means that agility is the one skill that you need to have. (laughs) And it's the one skill that I didn't have. And so my junior year, I was told if I ever wanted to see like really any substantial playing time that I was going to need to lose 10 pounds. And Elle can speak a little bit more to like my personality as an observer, but I take everything (laughs) like the absolute max. Like I only know how to go all in. I know how to love all in. Like I don't, I don't have like a, I don't have a half speed. Like if I'm with you, I like, I rock with you so hard. So And it's that way with like everything I do in life too. And so it's a great thing, but it's also a weakness when it's like turned up (laughs) loud or directed in the wrong direction, which in this case it was. And so- Jenna's that friend that you're like, we need snacks. And then it's like, she's got every snack in the grocery store that she'll bring for you. (laughs) Yeah, I have like definitely been labeled as like the mother nurturer, all of those things, which is a title I never used to like. And now I wear it proudly. But (laughs) anyway, so I like- did not lose 10 pounds. I lost 50. And I won't share numbers because I know that that's like incredibly triggering for any of you that might be walking through a current season. But I didn't really notice what was happening in my body. I had gotten a personal trainer. And in the beginning, I was actually really enjoying understanding my body and like the way that it moved better. And I would say probably the first maybe two months of that process were done in a healthy way. And I was eating enough calories, but I was just being more mindful about what I was putting into my body and how I was moving and being supportive of the agility piece that my coach was needing. But it took a turn when I started to see changes and I also started to receive like exterior attention. So I was getting comments like, oh my gosh, you're losing weight or, you know, those, those comments that like, I don't even think should ever be said to be honest, because it's like, it's like we tend to like measure each other's worth in our exterior appearance. And that has got to stop on every front. But, you know, as a high school girl, I loved the attention. I was starting to like have boys talk to me for the first time and just really, and really it wasn't even about the fact that I was losing weight, which I didn't know at that time. It was more just that I was confident in myself for the first time ever when I was initially starting to take care of my body. But the more that the attention kept going, the like more unhealthy the habits got. And it got to a place where I was counting everything obsessively I was in a very big calorie deficient every single day. I was working out way too many times while still trying to be a very high level high school athlete. Like our team was state champions the whole time I was in high school. So it was basically like playing college athletics at a D3 level. So it was like, it did that turning point. And I think that's where everything went downhill. It's where Elle started to notice it. And I'll kind of let her speak to that part too. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the hardest thing with, kind of this turning point was knowing Jenna before. And like you said, you know, now that you're reflecting, these feelings probably were more so when I first met you. But at that time, I don't think you even realized the insecurities. And we were, we were notorious for hammering a box of ice cream (laughs) when we would go on road trips with my dad to a basketball tournament. You know, it was always, food was always just something that we did and we never thought twice about. We were always eating at sleepovers and doing all kinds of stuff. So when I started seeing this change, I think it hit me really hard because it was just something I had never seen from you. And it was something I don't think you really ever thought twice about until you got to this point. Mm-hmm. So that, that part of it was, was really tough and it really opened my eyes. But at, at that point, I wasn't really 
ready to say anything to you because I could tell you weren't ready to hear that. I think whenever, and we've talked about this before, but whenever I really felt like it was time to step in was when we sat down at Olive Garden that day. Which Olive Garden. Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys knew where we were from in our hometown, you would actually applaud the Olive Garden choice because it's the higher end decision where we were from. So it, it, it's more classy than it sounds currently. <laughs> but I just, I remember looking at you and you were picking everything you could imagine off of the Olive Garden salad. So I was like, wait, 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 what's going on here? And I could just tell in your face and just your build. I mean, you looked like all of the life was sucked out of you really. And it, it scared me to be like completely yeah. honest. That was the biggest feeling I had was just fear. Cause I could just tell that it wasn't going to be good if this was the direction that you would have kept going. Well, yeah. And I think that's a really good point because I, I wanted to, one of my intentions coming into this episode was to speak to the women that are battling an eating disorder or disordered eating, that their bodies are not showing it, but like their energy and their complexion is because I have a very different bone build. Like I'm a very big structured person. And so I, you actually couldn't tell in like the size of like my waist or like, you know, obviously my whole body got smaller, but what was the most noticeable was just like my, it was literally like Elle said, somebody sucked the life out of me. Like when I look at pictures from that phase of life, I don't even recognize myself. I had no color to my face. And it was, you know, it was because my body literally had just gotten to a place where that took too much energy. And it just felt important to say that because I think sometimes we just envision somebody who has an eating disorder being this super small, super frail, weak version of themselves. And that is, it doesn't always manifest itself that way exteriorly. And it's actually something that I'm very grateful that I had that experience with because it's given me the ability to notice it in other people and also act with a lot of compassion and a lot of grace around just body size in general. But I did just want to make that point that it isn't always about how somebody looks from the exterior. A lot of times it's noticeable in the energy and in the face, which for me, I felt like were the two biggest places that my body just struggled during Mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I mean, like you said, it comes in so many different ways. And it might not even be something that you can fully see in a person, but you might even hear different comments. Or like I said, whenever you started nitpicking at the salad, it wasn't something you think that you were going to do. Normally I would know that there was a reason behind it. And it was, it almost felt like you were ashamed of it, but you were also not willing to fight the urge to take out as much as you could in your, in your diet in front of me too. Yeah, which actually, like, I feel like that was the the first time that I got honest with myself, too. I think a lot of times when we're with people that don't, you know, that are more like acquaintances, like, we all have those friends that, like, we dive deeper with and the friends that we're just without, like, convenience or certain commonalities in life. But with Elle, it was always harder for me to hide what was really going on because I've literally never lied to her ever. <laughs> so, like, I didn't really know how to how to lie or how to try to cover it up. But I also was like too far gone at that point to put on an act either. Like even just sitting there having a normal meal at Olive Garden was like too much for me. And so I couldn't lie. Like I had to just be like fully vulnerable in that moment. And I wasn't ready. Like it wasn't like we had this realization and she looked at me and was like, you're not okay. And I'm like, you know, yeah, let's, let's fix it. Like it definitely not happen <laughs> like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> we would have gotten this cake. Who are we kidding? <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I like actually denied it when you, yeah. when you brought it up that day, which you was did. the first and the only lie that I've ever told you. But I was, <laughs> I was definitely not okay. And like, 
you know, the defensiveness is absolutely a mechanism that people that are struggling with disordered eating or body image issues defer to, because a lot of times we're not even aware that we have a problem or that we have a problem to that depth. It's a disease that takes over the way that we look at life and at food and at movement. And it's not something that's like front and center in our awareness. It's like our subconscious need to over control it. So long story short, my healing process was many, many years. My turning point with L was turning point one, but I was like really not in a place to receive it. Cause I was actually still in high school at that point, And I didn't have any healing that happened in high school because I was still in the basketball environment. I was still in the very, I went to a very small Catholic school. And so like judgments were plentiful. And so there just wasn't, there wasn't any space to heal. I wasn't in an environment that was supportive of that. And I also wasn't in a place to ask for the help that I needed. And unfortunately, no matter how much the people in your life love you, whether it's your parents or your best friend, until you're actually ready to receive the help for something like this, nothing will get through to you. And so my turning point actually came, like my, I would say my turning point when I stopped like denying it to everybody was when I was on my trip after high school graduation. And I had put on one of my sister's bathing suits and she's like significantly smaller than me. Like we never shared clothes growing up, nor should we have been able to. She's also like three years younger. (laughs) And so I like went out and my parents had not seen me in like exposed clothing in a very long time. Like Ellen and I grew up in Pennsylvania. So, you know, I was in coats and like my uniform was like a baggy shirt. And so like, they really just hadn't seen me in that much exposure in a very long time. And both my parents started to cry like the minute that I walked out of the hotel room. And... I love my dad to death, but he handled it like the worst way that anybody could have handled it because he was like, that's it. Like, you're going to eat everything I tell you to eat today. And if you don't, then we're going to check in and you're getting help. And don't ever do that. Don't respond that way. (laughs) And I'll even tell you now that that was like not the right way to react. (laughs) But you guys, I ended up eating more because I obviously like that was the first time it really hit me and seeing them both get emotional and cry. And, and, And to give him credit, he handled it in the best way that he knew how. I mean, men especially our dads don't always know how to handle situations when it's around body image because to them, we're the most beautiful people in the world. So, you know, he did the best that he could in that moment with what he knew. But I was in such shock that I had let myself get to that place that like he wanted me to eat a Belgian waffle for breakfast and I like physically could not do it. And then I ended up eating it and I like walked around with a towel on for the rest of the day. Like I was like embarrassed to show my body because I'd eaten a waffle. And there was something that like clicked that day, I think because I was on family vacation and I had just gone through a big life transition, graduating high school. And I was realizing how much I hated my life. Like I was so unhappy and it wasn't because of any person. It was because of myself. Like I was forcing myself to get on the treadmill every day. And like, I never went out with friends anymore. And I just completely like isolated myself because that's what you do when you don't feel like you can eat food and enjoy life. And it hit me on that trip. The healing process took a lot of years after that, but I would say that was like my biggest turning point. And I think that's when I reached out to you, Elle, and like really told you, like, I think we'd had a conversation about it, but I think that was probably the first time I actually like got emotional and like let that wall all the way down. It was. And I, I remember you calling me and being afraid that if you didn't start turning things around, you were going to have to get help. And I think I don't think your fear was the actual help itself. I think the help showed you that it's real. Does that make sense? Like it, it when yeah. once you hear someone say you need to go get help or you need you need to talk to someone, that makes it feel like it's at that point out of your control. 
And if anybody needs to know anything about Jenna, she loves having control and not in a controlling way, more so just in a way that you know what's going on and you, you can tangibly fix situations that you're in. And when something like that is taking over everything in your life, I think that was the biggest wake up call for you. And like you said, your parents also played a big role in that because they mean so much to you and they care about you more than anything. So whenever you walk out and they start crying instantly like that, I think that was also kind of your sign, like, okay, I, I need to get a handle on this. Well, it was like they didn't recognize me as their daughter. And I was like ashamed <laughs> of that because I was like, you know, I have an incredible relationship with both my parents and being their daughter is probably the thing that I'm the most proud of out of everything that I've done in my life. And so to see like, it was like the first time I've ever seen shame like on their faces. Like, you know, they've always been incredibly proud of me and I was a very good kid and very respectful of them in every phase. And so it was like, it was an emotion that I, I wasn't like, I've never felt before. Like I've never seen them look at me with a disappointment or with worry. And what hurt me the most is my mom felt like she failed me. Like she took responsibility for it. And I grew up in a household that could not have been more supportive. Like my mom was cooked homemade meals. We sat down at the dinner table every night. We were not forced to like finish our plate or, you know, anything along those lines. Like it was a very healthy environment to grow up in. And so it broke my heart that like my hero felt like she was the reason that I was in this deep place of struggle. (laughs) And I think that's really what made me wake up because it it, like when you're thinking about it from your own perspective, it's harder because you can be in denial. But like when you're seeing it on somebody else's face and like your empathy for them exceeds the empathy that you have for yourself, it's like a wake up call. And so at that point, I did not, and Elle's right, like it wasn't the getting help part because I did need to get help and I did get help. But I was, I was very much trying to resist having to go somewhere and actually like check myself in for like inpatient health because I was about ready to start college and showing up for things and my life continuing on the path that I had worked really hard to get it on was important to me. So at that place, I was like, okay, I need help. I'm not okay. I have to be honest about that. And I have to know that like, this is going to be a process. And to be honest, y'all, like, I I don't, I don't want this episode to come across as like, I'm still healed. Like, Today, I like literally was like, oh, maybe I don't need dinner tonight because I was like feeling bloated. So trust me, it's a daily decision. What changes is the mindset and like the determination to not let yourself go down that rabbit hole. So like I knew if I came home tonight, I probably would have drank the smoothie that's in my fridge and like called it a day. So I went to Whole Foods and got sushi and like came back and ate it because like you just learn tactics that are supportive to stay on track. So it's not something that ever goes away fully. I wanted to make sure I note that because I think sometimes when we tell these stories, we sound like we're heroes and we've like, you know, made it through so much. And there's an element of struggle that is still a daily decision. But I got a nutritional therapist right when I started college, which was very supportive. But college was also a step backward because I wasn't living in the house with my parents. So I was like able to not go to the, you know, hall for breakfast or like it was easier for me to like manipulate what I was eating and so there was a big learning process around that too Mm -hmm. and I think I almost feel like you going to college felt like you could create a new identity and because you know growing up or knowing the people that you did through high school there was always that mindset in the back of your head I think you kind of maybe made it up more in your head that it might have even been a bigger deal. But I think you projected this, oh, well, they think this of me or they, they knew me whenever I was bigger, even though everyone listening, Jenna was never bigger. It was always just like you said, 
what was put into your head through basketball and just developing at a younger age. And I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing ever whenever you're younger, but it's just something that you do yourself. And I think having all of that and having that in the back of your head during that time frame, going to college kind of gave you that space to create what you wanted to create. And I don't think that you had let go of that want to feel super, super tiny or whatever, you know, whatever that was in your head that you were still fighting with, I think you felt comfortable going into college being in that place still. Well, a hundred percent. And I also think there's just, there's such an, a backwards connotation in the world for body image and like what we're quote unquote supposed to look like. And that was absolutely something that I felt such a culprit to. Like, you know, I I have a body that like is meant to have curves and they're curves that I'm incredibly proud of and like that I find beautiful now. And it took me a very long time to get to that place. But, you know, for example, I was just featured in a magazine down here for the business that I own. And I had specifically told the lady, like, I don't want my body photoshopped. Like, it's important to me that like I show up as I am because that's what I preach to my clients. And she photoshopped my body. She like flattened my chest, brought my waistband in. Like, you know, my, my boyfriend was like, she literally took away all the best parts of you. But it was like, you know, it's like she, and, and it was this moment of like, I realized in that moment how far I had come, but also I realized just how twisted our culture is that like, we feel like we need to do that for it to be an attractive picture. Like that there's all these editing apps that, you know, are a part of things. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm the first to throw on a filter on my Instagram story. Like, yes, is it, is it fine? And is it supportive sometimes? But it also is preaching this bigger message that like you as you are is not good enough. And I think it's so easy to fall victim of that when you haven't even figured out who you are yet. So it's like, well, I don't know who I am. So like, let me be what the world's telling me to be. And that's where it gets messed up because the world's trying to preach you that we're all supposed to look the same and do exactly the same thing. And I don't know about y'all, but that's a world that sounds incredibly boring to be a part of. So like, I, you know, but it's like, but it's like, we don't realize that when we're in it, we're like, well, I've got to be this thin and I've got to work out this many times and eat this way. And Elle and I have taken a very like holistic approach. I feel like at this point in our lives, like we eat to support our bodies. Like we both are very open. We don't have like a lot of restrictions. We don't limit ourselves if we want to sit down and like eat a pint of ice cream together when we're like catching up, like, you know, just like living your life in a healthy way. But that isn't what's promoted in the media and in like the where we're spending most of our day. And I, I, that whole conversation is such a bigger issue, but I feel like it's where a lot of these beliefs that we have to be something different comes from. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a point to that too, that holistic approach, I think we've transitioned to doing that with working out too, because there was a point in time where you were running probably multiple times a day and really didn't need to be running at all. Or, you know, you've always said that your body's not really built to run a far distance. And I don't really know that anyone's is (laughs) necessarily, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it wears and tears on your body. So that's, that's one thing I think we've both kind of learned is listening to what our body needs and working out depending on what feels right and what's healthy for us and not a, let me burn as many calories as, as I can, but more so how can I make myself feel good for the day? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the working out piece, you know, for those of you that might be like battling an eating disorder, I know that some of this information is triggering. And if that's the case, you know, you can always like pause and come back to it. I know a lot of this, I couldn't hear while I was in it, but you know, the working out piece was a huge part of my form of disordered eating because there's so many different kinds. And I never like 
skipped a meal. Like I was very good about like, and I think that's why my parents like never really knew it got to the depth that it did or even UL because I was like, I still would sit down and eat. Like I didn't go to a restaurant and be like, oh, I already ate or like anything like that. Like I would find a way to still have a meal. It's just the calories versus like, for example, when I was in high school, I was getting up before school and working out. I was going to school and then I was going for like an hour in between practice and school to the gym. And then before I would go to bed, I would do like a whole core circuit. So like what I was burning versus what I was putting in my body was probably operating at like a 700, 800 calorie deficient every single day. And I didn't even have any understanding of like the fact that we have a basal metabolic rate, which means like my body laying flat on the couch burns 1700 calories just so that my organs can function. And I was like not even eating what was supportive of that. And so, you know, I was coming at it from a completely uneducated place, but the working out piece was something I had a very unhealthy relationship with for a long time. And I'll never forget one of my friends who I rode horses with was like, we were hanging out one day and I like had to go to the gym and I like left. She was like going through something in her life and like really needed me there that day. And I think Elle can speak to the fact that like showing up for people in my life is like part of my core values as a human being. And I literally like left because I had to work out. Like I couldn't stand there and talk. And it like, as I was at the gym that day, I was like, who have I become as a person? Like I could not even look in the mirror. And it didn't matter how many crunches I did or how many miles I ran on the treadmill. Like what I was seeking was not going to be found there because I was losing who I was because that was taking up too much of my mind and too much of like my need to control every little second that I couldn't even be the person that I was anymore. And that brought this like sickening feeling to me. Like it's the most unhappy I've ever been with myself. And I, I think that's such a good thing to like point out is when I was at my smallest, I was the most unhappy that I had ever been in my entire life. Like crying all the time. I couldn't be confident in a relationship. You know, my, my sex life when I was young was non-existent, but like when I did get older and still struggle with body image issues, I had huge problems around that because I didn't want to be vulnerable and I didn't want to drop that wall. And it made me feel like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't good at things. And the reality of it was, I just didn't believe that I was. It was completely a confidence component. And that sounds so cliche, but y'all, it's like, it's so real. I, as soon as you were saying that, I was thinking confidence too, because not to harp on my story from our last episode, but it's the same, it's the same mindset. I mean, when you're not feeling yourself and you're not functioning at the level that you're used to functioning at, no matter what that looks like, you're not confident and you don't feel like you can approach things the way that you once did because something's off. And there's, and with you, I think your energy was just so drained and you'd look in the mirror and it wasn't even really you looking back at yourself. I think that's whenever you start losing that confidence, walking into certain situations. But I think, I think that's a really good point with how you are so likely to show up in situations. I mean, that's just who you are and that's who you've always been. So if you're able to actually take yourself out of it and realize that was something that you didn't do, I think that's once again, another wake up call. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such a delicate process because everybody has their own experiences around it. But the more work that I've done, I realized that like, we're not actually chasing a body. Like I wasn't chasing six pack abs. I was chasing exterior validation. I was chasing the need to feel included and accepted. I was chasing like, you know, trying to find a relationship by trying to make myself the right person. Like, you know, it's this, it's this exterior need for 
other things to fulfill us because we're not nourishing and fulfilling ourselves. And that's oftentimes when this disordered behavior and eating and like the over need to exercise comes into play because we're trying to find something from the outside world that we can only find inward. And I, you know, I, as we wrap this up, this is honestly a topic that I feel like could be its own series because I feel so strongly about you know, I mean, one in four women go through this. So if you are navigating this right now, like just know that like, if you're in a room with more than four people, somebody else in there is going through the same thing. Like you are literally not alone in this, not even in the slightest, but you know, three things that have really supported my healing is first of all, being aware of it and being able to communicate what I'm feeling. You know, like I can tell Elle on certain days, like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And it's making me feel like I'm being triggered. And like, I'm able to have that conversation, even just doing that is incredibly supportive, but also just being really in tune with what exactly it is that I'm needing. And like, you know, right now I move my body four to five times a week. Some days it's cycle. Some days it's pure bar, which is the studio that I own. Some days I do a hit workout with my boyfriend. It's like whatever my body's asking for that day. And like the freedom that comes with that has brought so much happiness that I don't have the desire to ever revert back to what I was doing before. And also around the relationship standpoint, finding someone that literally worships the body that you have, and that's going to happen when you worship the body that you have. You know, I was telling my partner today, like I've never been in love with somebody that is so supportive of every active part of my life, including my healing from this and just like my confidence. And that person is out there. So if you're feeling triggered or your behaviors are because you're trying to be enough for somebody else, I cannot preach enough how important it is for you to realize that you have to be that for yourself first. And then you won't have that desire to chase the exterior things because that's what we're looking for. We're all trying to find parts of ourselves in the world when you're already a whole human being exactly as you are. I love that. And I also think another thing that you said earlier that's important to keep in mind is there's going to be days that aren't going to be easy. Like you're going to have triggers or you're going to have moments that might feel like you, not necessarily that you would be going back down that path, but something that might come up that feels similar to what you were dealing with on a constant daily basis. And I think like Jenna had mentioned, just being able to go get sushi or go go and do something that feels like it's a healthy decision. And and whether that's eating something healthier than maybe you're used to or something small like that, that's fine. But just as long as you're getting the calories and you're doing things that are working in a direction to make you a healthier version of yourself, I think that's that's all you can really drive for. And I think the results will just come easier and easier and you'll get farther away from feeling like you need to be something and just falling into that place of yourself again. Well, and you'll find the niche of people that are actually meant to be your people because when you're trying to be somebody that you're not, the people that you're going to draw towards you are never going to be people that nourish your body, your mind, or your soul, and certainly not your heart. And I think that's been, I actually had just like a moment today where I was just feeling like so supported. I'm like, I, this is like the most supported I've ever been in life with like love and friends. And that comes because I've made the decision to support myself. And, you know, this work that needs done for us to accept our bodies, it's inward work. And so I just encourage you that if you are in the midst of this struggle, first of all, I just want to tell you that I see you. And that I'm sorry that you feel like you're not enough or you feel like you need to be something that you're not. I know how deeply that feeling cuts. But I also just want to 
really deeply encourage you to look inward. And if that means leading your social media, if that means setting really hard boundaries with people in your life, if it means getting rid of the friend group you have and getting a new one, like no matter how drastic it may seem, if you're, if you look at a situation and ask yourself, does this support me? And the first thing that your heart says is no, get rid of it because it's all the only thing that it's going to do is drag you down the opposite path of healing. And it's not what you need. So I just want to end this episode with that place of encouragement, because when you make the decision to set the boundaries and to support yourself, the people that are going to come into your world are going to be people that know how to nourish and know how to love you because you're starting to do that for you. And the manifestation part of this is a very real thing. So sending you love and whether you've never dealt with an eating disorder, I think we've all struggled with our body and the image of it and how we show up at one point in our life. So I hope that some part of this made you feel a little less alone and also just encouraged you in some way. Yes. We're so thankful for you guys. And thank you for listening. Jenna, I'm so proud of you for telling your story. I've been proud of you throughout the whole journey, but I just love hearing it again. So well, and shout out to all because when you find a person that literally loves you in every single form, there's a power that comes with that that is unparalleled. So thanks. Thank you, Al. And we will see y'all next week. Um, We're starting our new series. It's going to be around business and career. So we're going to shift out of heavy topics, dive into some light ones. But yeah, we're just really glad that you're here and we're hoping that this is giving you some insight. So have a good week. 